My dear friends, as we begin the holy season of Advent, we would want you once again to put in your minds and in your hearts the meaning of this change in the liturgy of the Church. The Church wants us to prepare for the coming of Christ, and for that end, the basements change to purple, the flowers are removed, the organ grows silent. One might think that this all of this ceremony is a preparation for Christmas and nothing else. But as a matter of fact, the Church prepares us not only for Christmas, but for all the different comings of our Lord. You might ask me, Father, how many comings are there? And St. Bernard would reply that there are three comings of our Lord. Three comings. On the first one, Christ came for us. On the second coming, Christ came to us. And on their third coming, Christ comes, or will come, against us. On the first coming, Christ came for us, and that is the coming that we celebrate in Christmas, His first coming, the one that we call the Incarnation, when the Son of God took to Himself a human nature and became man. The second coming is when Christ comes to us, I said, and this happens every time that he comes spiritually to our hearts or sacramentally to our body and our soul. This coming we could call the indwelling of Christ when he comes within us. And this coming does not happen with all. On the first coming he came for all men. On the second coming he would come to all men, but he doesn't because not all allow him, not all accept him, some reject him. And that's why he does not dwell in all men by grace. And this coming does not, he does not come to all men. And finally, on the third coming, when Christ will come against us, that is the last coming of our Lord on Judgment Day, the day of retribution. And here again, Christ will not come against all men. He will come against those who rejected him, against those who did not obey him, who did not return his love. As we considered on the last Sunday, this last coming of our Lord, when we consider the, the judgment day and the end of the world, let us today rather spend some time in considering the incarnation of our Lord and also the indwelling of the Son of God in our souls. Let us consider his first and his second coming to us. What will it be when we consider these, my dear friends, if we really consider them, all the things about it, all the characteristics of it carefully? Because first consider who it is that comes to you, who it is that comes to us on this Christmas is the creator of all things, the eternal beauty, the infinite wisdom, the almighty power. The God that dwells in a place, in a state of eternity, out of time, out of space, not subject to any loss or limitation because he created all of them, he it is that comes into our limitation, into our space, into our time. And consider why he comes. He doesn't come to gain, but to lose. He doesn't come to receive, but to give. He doesn't come to command to us, but rather to serve. He doesn't come to make us suffer, but to suffer himself 
for us. It's entirely out of love, entirely generous, entirely uninterested. Consider, I say, why he came. At first, at the first moment of creation, Satan and the first angels, in, the, in their first moment of existence, they wanted to be like God. Some of them wanted to be like God. They envied God. And because of that, they fell and they were lost. And then out of envy, Satan himself also fostered the same desire into Adam. And so also, man wished to be like God. Also, man envied God. And also, man falls out of his happy state into the misery of death, into the misery of ignorance. And so out of pity, the Son of God, seeing these places in heaven empty, places which he had made for us and for the angels, seeing that everyone fell because they envied him, everyone wanted to be like him, and in their madness, they fell. And so God, the Son of God, in order to repair the damage, he humbled himself, and he comes down to our level. We couldn't make ourselves equals to him. We were powerless to do so. And so what he does, he makes himself equal to us. He lowers himself to our nature. We couldn't ascend to his heights, so he, come, he comes down to our lowliness. And in this way, our Lord showed himself to us. So that from now on, whoever wants to envy him, whoever wants to be like him, whoever seeks to be made into his equal, would no longer sin by doing so. He would rather become good and saint and holy. Anyone who envies God now can go and be like God and do the things that God does and become saint and become a friend and a family to God himself, to our Lord Jesus Christ. This is why he came. But consider also, my dear friend, the mode in which he, in which he came, the manner. For this, let us think of an analogy. When a spaceship comes from outer, spa outer space into the Earth, as it enters the atmosphere, it suffers great friction, great heat, and many times, most of the times, great damage. <clears throat> so you see these huge spacecrafts, nice and shiny when they're down in the base on Earth. They have tons and tons of fuel. They have these huge things. They look like a huge building. They're great, massive. And so they go up. But when they come down, when they come down to us, when they go through heavens and they descend down to earth, the ship comes back, burnt, decolored. A lot of its size is gone. A lot of its big things were discarded and consumed. Of all the great ship and beautiful ship that came out, nothing but a small fraction, all torn apart, comes back. It would seem to me that we could imagine almost our Lord descending from heaven unto the earth. And in the same way as he does, being deprived of all his beautiful qualities, of all his greatness and majesty, of all his divine attributes, in order to come down and become our lowly, our small human nature. Because you see him from being almighty to become powerless and vulnerable. You will see him in Christmas from eternal wisdom, the eternal word of God, which is pronounced endlessly at all times. He will become mute as an infant, unable to speak. 
you will see him from being the commander of all things, from being the ruler of all the universe, to come down and become obedient, obedient to cold, obedient to heat, obedient to moisture, obedient to all the elements, to the changes of nature, obedient even to man himself. You will see him also when he comes down, almost to become recognizable. And it is because of that, precisely, because of all the things that he deprived himself of, because of how small he becomes, he will become, that he commands and summons to him all our love. We ought to prepare then, my friends, for his coming. And in this preparation, we also expect that by preparing ourselves properly, by, re by reminding, remembering, excuse me, his first coming, we, our Lord will also come to us for a second time into our souls. He will come every Sunday. He will come on Christmas Day, sacramentally, hopefully, spiritually, we expect and for that we prepare our souls. This second coming happens frequently. It happens almost every day. For some it happens every week, for some less often. But today, as we continue Mass, it will happen. Our Lord will come again today to those who come to communion worthily. How do we prepare for this coming? How do we prepare for both his first, his second, and even his third coming? Our exhortation today is precisely that, that we learn to prepare for the comings of our Lord. Do you want to know how? If you want to know how to prepare for him, see him when he comes. See him when he comes today to our altars, and you will learn how to prepare for him. Because when he comes to our altars, he has to deprive himself, as, as I said, from his majesty. He does not want to appear. He has to hide now. He doesn't show. In that manner, let us prepare ourselves by depriving ourselves from our vanity, by depriving ourselves from our desire to show, to stand, to appear. Let us instead hide ourselves. Let us instead practice modesty. We also see that when our Lord comes, it would seem that to be with us, he has to be far away from the songs of the angels. He's here, down on earth. He has to be far away from the beauty of heaven, far from the amusements that the saints give him, and he's instead locked in there, alone, quiet, we could say in a certain boredom, in that small, tiny tabernacle. In the same manner, let us come to him and prepare ourselves this Advent season by giving away the worldly musics, by giving away the movies, the amusements, by giving away the scrolling, the media. Let us once, just for once, or rather, once and for all, give him that quiet, that loneliness, that silence, that boredom, if you want to call it. Give him that that space where we allow him to talk and we allow ourselves to think of him, that emptiness that he can come and fill. But look at him also when he comes today, because I would ask you, when he comes to the altar and you see him today, pay attention and see if he commands. 
Pay attention and see if he rules. See if he's in charge. See if he defends himself, if he complains, if he demands what is due to him. You will see none of that. Quite the contrary. In the same manner, let us prepare this Advent to receive him by practicing humility. As he does, so do you. Come and obey. Obey those who you, whom you least wish to obey. As he does, so do you. Suffer not to defend yourself. Suffer not to complain. Suffer not to demand. Abase yourself. Become least. Become less. What much is it if I ask you to do this when the Son of God does it for you every day during Mass, when he does it to you for you even now on this Sunday? Abase yourself, humble yourself, kiss the feet of those that you respect the least. Consider yourself lower than everyone else. Bring yourself down to the ground, down to your knees to kiss the dust. And when faced with those that most annoy you, that most irritate you, lower your eyes, lower your head, lower your heart and your spirit, and never think that you're humble enough because when the Son of God was, has humbled himself so much, you can be assured no matter how much you humble yourself on this life, you will never do enough. When the head is low, the feet ought to be lower. And if our head has come to the very dust of loneliness and humility, where ought we the feet to be? So my friends, let us this Advent find that cheerfulness, that happiness of being humble, of disappearing, of not asking for what is ours, of putting ourselves under the others, under the orders of others, under the opinions of others, in the lower estimation of everyone else. Look at his descent to the altar and imitate him. Let us make a resolution today as we continue the Mass to look at him when he comes every Sunday and look at him when he comes at Christmas at the end of this Advent and pay to him in the same coin that he has given us. Pay to him detachment for detachment, humility for humility, renunciation for renunciation, heart for heart, and love for love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.